podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson, here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing today? I am good. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. This is Monday morning we are recording on. Hope yeah. everyone has had a good weekend when they're listening in. And we are less than a week away from, we are just a few days away from football, but less than a week away from Niner football. We are officially in a game week, fans. We are in pregame mode. We're prepping for the game. No more preseason, no more training camp. This is the real practice. It's really funny hearing you say that. As you're saying that we're finally in a game prep week where we, we're playing real regular season football on, on Sunday next week. And I was sitting here thinking, Timmy, we've done this. I don't know. I'm going to say this is 12th episode, maybe. This is just a random guess. Something like that, yeah. And when we started doing this podcast, there was a part of me, because it felt so far away, that just didn't believe we were going to get to the regular season and ever get to talk about regular season football for the 49ers. But it hit me. It's here, and we're ready to go, and I'm excited. Yeah, and as we get into the season, listeners, we are just ready to keep you up to date with everything you need to know going into every 49ers game and what to expect. So that that's what we're here for. So let's uh, let's dive on in. We got some news to catch you up on from last week. Daniel, I know you got some stuff down. You want to want to bring those up? Yeah, our last episode was Timmy and I giving our roster, our 53-man roster predictions. And we told you listeners what we thought the roster was going to shape out and look like. and we did okay. There were there were some really tough decisions to make on that. So some people might hear that and go, okay, everyone knows who's going to make it and who doesn't, or give or take like five guys. But there really was some serious position battles to see who was going to make the team. So we'll go through that. But someone who um, did not make the 53-man roster because he was traded right before was Jonas Griffith. Now, I read a lot of reports that Jonas Griffith was potentially going to be a cut. So the Niners traded Griffith to the Broncos um, for, I think, one or two very late round picks. Yeah, like a six, a six or something like seven. that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, having a guy like that, and if he was – the hope was that if he didn't make it, he was going to join practice squad. But I also yeah. think he would have been snatched up by someone else. So the Niners trading him and getting anything for him rather than just being claimed from another team is, is awesome. Um, good for him go, but good for him for making a team. Good for Griffith. I mean, there aren't, there aren't many better defensive minds in the NFL than Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. So if you're going to try to build a career as a defensive player, that's, that's where I'd want to go play with Von Miller and be coached by maybe I would say the second best defensive mind in football. I think that's, I think that's where I'd want to be if I was trying to create a burgeoning NFL career as a defender so good for him yeah it would be really cool to see him shine in denver um obviously he's he's later on the depth chart um but it would be really cool to see you know just a guy who had potential with us we liked him just didn't have a spot and seems shine somewhere else especially if it's not in our division that's great we wish him the best unless we're playing the broncos yeah another uh roster cut 
um, was Jordan Matthews, converted wide receiver to tight end. Yeah. Uh, he was cut, did not make the 53-man roster, but he has been re-signed to our practice squad. So, Yeah, and, and something to note, and Kyle Shanahan talked about this in a press conference last week with the with the practice squad, and we're going to in a little bit break down the roster a bit more, but with, with the way the rules for the practice squad have changed recently, it's now a 16-man practice squad, and there's not really limits on who you can call up. Like Kyle Shanahan basically said in a press conference, like, look, we say 53-man roster, but this is a 70-man roster because we can call up anyone we want from the practice squad at any time. So being on that practice squad is not is not insignificant, and I would not be shocked at all if we see Jordan Matthews playing for the 49ers this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool to see the guy go from wide receiver to tight end, and, and he's making yeah. it work. He might just sorry need more time. Work for, yeah, sorry that didn't work for you, Tim Tebow, but uh, yeah. something else will. Yeah, he's going to be all right. Uh, last piece of news, the bigger part of the news is yesterday, the Niners signed veteran cornerback Josh Norman. Yeah, that was an interesting move. It is Josh Norman, uh, formerly of – he was last season he played for the Buffalo Bills. He really rose to fame playing for the Carolina Panthers. He made a Pro Bowl one year. He had a you – know, he was first-team All-Pro. Then he went to Washington. And then in his one season in Buffalo, Derrick Henry stiff-armed him, stiff-armed him out of existence, if you remember that. And now he's on the 49ers. He was – I mean, there was a moment where he was the guy in the NFL, Josh Norman – and uh, the 49ers are bringing in veteran help at a, one of our weaker positions at, at cornerback. Um, it seemed like it was a pretty good deal, pretty nothing crazy, and with some pretty strong like incentives, similar to maybe, I think, less money, but kind of what Richard Sherman signed originally, where it was like, hey, we're going to pay you this. If you get out there and play well, we're going to pay you more. Um, I like the move. I think Norman, I think he might still have something to take. Played nine games last season. He had a touchdown, an interception. He was... I mean, he, it was not bad. I don't know. What do you think, Daniel? Josh Norman was Jalen Ramsey before Jalen Ramsey was a thing. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if, because Jalen Ramsey has been consistently the top cornerback. Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in the NFL. It probably. He, he has been for a couple of years. Like he's held that title. I yeah. think Norman did for a, a season or two. I think yeah. it, it went. Norman was probably the guy who held that title in between Richard Sherman and um, it, and why can't I remember his name and Rams and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, probably uh, Jalen Ramsey of the cornerback of the Los Angeles Rams listeners. Why um, else might we remember Josh Norman, Timmy think back to Carolina Panther days, Carolina Panther days. The only thing I can think of is the stiff arm. What am I missing? The stiff arm was with that, uh, with the Bills. Yeah. When he was on the bills. What uh, Josh Norman is notoriously good at, and I was reading an article this morning, and they kind of hinted at this, but Josh Norman is notoriously good at getting under players' skin. Trash talk. And so, trash talk, getting into their skin, just trying to make them perform poorly, even without having to cover them. And then just him covering them after getting their head is, is the double whammy. But uh, Josh Norman, when he played Odell Beckham Jr., he lived under his skin that's right so much so that they were just going at it and then they threw fifth to, i mean it was one of the bigger brawls that we've seen in the last few years in the nfl crab, crab tree sherman-esque one might say yeah um yeah so we go from you know all pro to to the fight like that was kind of his prime time 
Um, I think that was actually as right as he started to, to decline in terms of his his peak, and that was his yeah. him fighting for it literally. Um, the article I was reading this morning about it was maybe saying, "Hey, maybe Norman doesn't even play very much at all. Like he yeah. Norman has really struggled in the last couple of years, especially giving up touchdowns. Um, his coverage is not what it used to be. Um, I don't know if it's you know he's older, he's slower, or He's just getting beat. He cares less. He's not as smart. Hard to believe that he would be any less smart. Um, but they, they were talking more about maybe they brought Norman in to mentor Diameter Lenore and Ambry Thomas. Yeah. And maybe consult them on how to get under players' skin, how to how to play that aspect of the game. Um, because you know, they're they're both rookies and college and NFL is different in that. Um yeah, I think. I don't, I don't know the mentoring thing. I, I know there's a lot of, there's some challenging things with his legal situation, but if you were going to bring in a veteran cornerback to mentor someone, why wouldn't you have just extended Richard Sherman before, even before his, his messy legal situation? I mean, the 49ers have said they wish him the best. John Lynch, I think had him at his hall of fame party. Like they're, they still are close. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't bring in Sherm to be that mentor cornerback. He was already on the team before like but even because they could have signed him in free agency before you know everything happened for listeners yeah, Richie, richard sherman's in a bit of a messy legal situation right now it sounded like he had some mental health issues i think there was some dui charges so that that all has to be straightened out in the courts before any team will sign him most likely but before that i don't know why the 49ers wouldn't have brought him in to be cornerback depth and mentorship i assume josh norman was a lot cheaper than it's probably richard true sherman. But, I mean, Richard Sherman was a huge part of the team. I don't think their contracts would be that different. So, but yeah. who knows? To, to piggyback off of, to continue talking about Richard Sherman for a minute, is this, is this the Richard Sherman deal? Is this the bring in a former top, top player at his position, at cornerback, for not that much money, incentive-ridden deal, people think he might be over the hill, and he, he turns out to still be – the best one of the best if honestly not the best player at his position in the league is is this that bringing in josh norman or is this is this bringing in some veteran help to be a backup i think it's bringing in veteran help to be a backup Um, i think you described perfectly what they did with Richard Sherman, and i think that josh norman's skill set is i think richard Sherman was better than josh norman at their peaks but i think that norman has declined a lot more than uh, Richard Sherman did when the Niners brought him in. I think that uh, Kyle and John are not not expecting nearly as much from Norman as they were from Sherman when they signed him. Yeah, I I fully I fully agree with you. I think he's back up. I think maybe he gets in, and I think the nice thing is that if we need him to get in, he's going to play well. Um, I just don't want to play him on the December 23rd night game because that is against the Titans and I'm not letting Josh Norman anywhere near Derrick Henry ever again. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be another highlight. Listeners, do yourself a favor. If you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Josh Norman, Derrick Henry, and look at the images, or if you have time, watch the video and you'll understand why. That's the only thing that'll come up. Yeah, we don't want Josh Norman anywhere near that man. Okay, um... Let's do a little bit of your favorite segment. Oh, is it Trey Watch? Yeah. Where is he at? So listeners, I think right 
right after our pod last week, it came out that Richard Sherman, after the last preseason game against the Raiders, suffered a bone Richard chip. Richard Sherman, you say? Oh, not Richard Sherman. Trey Lance. Sorry. <laughs> I don't Sherman on the brain. Um, Trey Lance. We're doing Trey watch. Trey Lance suffered a chipped bone in one of the fingers in his throwing hand. If you're confused as to what a bone chip is, so is everyone else. No one really knows what the Niners are talking about, but sounds like he jammed his finger in the game. I think he was able to keep playing, but it turned out after the game, they x-rayed it and his, his bone was chipped. So that might, that might be a fracture. No one's, no one's really sure, but he has not thrown at practice for a week since then. When the injury was announced, he was supposed to be back today, Monday, September 6th is when we're recording, supposed to be back throwing during the 49ers practices. So that should be within a couple of hours. So by the time you're listening to this, you might be able to sit down and Google if Trey Lance threw at practice today. But that's a, that's a pretty significant deal. If he's not throwing today, I would expect him to not be backing up Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday, which means Nate Sudfeld would probably get the call up from the practice squad. I wouldn't say that's significant for the outcome of the game, but it is significant for the development of Trey Lance because especially these early games when the 49ers have a fairly easy schedule, honestly, I would expect Trey, the Trey package to be run a decent amount if he's healthy. And Daniel and I are going to talk about this more, but any thoughts on the Trey injury? Have you ever heard the NFL use a bone chip? Never. I have never once heard the phrase I have in like my personal life, but I've never heard in terms of NFL injuries, even I think any sports injuries that they have a bone chip. Yeah. Especially in a finger. No one, no one knows what it means. I assume it means like a tiny little piece of his bone, like fractured off his hand. I mean, he seemed fine. Like he was practicing. He wasn't like wearing a cast or anything. He was just, he was just working on footwork stuff, which from what I remember was something he needed to work on. So that's good. But he. It's just isolation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. No one really knows, but hopefully he's out throwing today, Monday for practice and he's ready to go on Sunday. But yeah, it's a weird injury. I've never, I've never heard of that, but no one on the team, at least in what they've projected to the media into fans seems concerned. Good. Glad that we could see him and we could see a quarterback package potentially for week one. Do you think we'll see a little bit of a little bit of Jimmy Garoppolo Trey Lance switch week one? Or do you think that preseason that was a teaser? What are are your thoughts on this, this quarterback duo assuming Trey Lance is a full go? I think, and I think we talked about this last week. I think Trey gets out there. We're playing the Detroit Lions. We're going to talk about this in a bit, but the Detroit Lions are bad. So if you're going to run weird packages, if you're going to get your rookie QB snaps, do it against a bad team before we get we get up against the, uh, you know, we have a fairly easy schedule, but play the Packers in week three. Let's get, let's get Trey out there now, get him ready. And so when he's running the Trey package against, you know, a real defense, he's ready to go. Sorry, Lions fans. You, you know, it's true. Um, but I think he gets out there. I don't think it's what we saw in the preseason game. I don't think it's Jimmy's taking five snaps a series. Trey's taking five snaps a series back and forth, back and forth. I think it's, he's coming in third down. He's coming in goal line situations. I think similar, we've talked about this Taysom Hill kind of package. So I, I say he gets less than 10 snaps probably, but I think he gets out there. Okay. Yeah. I'll take the under on 10 as well. Yeah. That would be, be surprised. Can we bet that? I'm gonna look that up. See that is a great question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what do you uh, what do you say we break down this 53 man roster? Let's do it, listeners. I just want to start this out with we kind of nailed it. I think we did pretty well, but yeah, let's 
talk about this roster. How do we want to do this? You want to go alphabetically? You want to go by position? I've got my predictions from last week pulled up. And so, and then I think I went in and added um, what was correct or incorrect. Um, oh, and so we can sweet. see how close we were, but Take yeah, it away. you know, I don't want to brag too much about ourselves, but we did a, a darn good job. So yeah. You come here for the most easy. correct 49ers takes. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Quarterback room was pretty easy. Jimmy and Trey, those are our two. Uh, Nate Sedfeld was on the practice squad because if, if, Timmy did a good job uh, explaining how the practice squad really is now. So, I mean, if a guy goes down, we can just call up Nate Sudfeld real quick. To, obviously not in game, but uh, for the next week, he'll be ready to go as the backup. I was so Before. worried about that we were going to carry three quarterbacks. We've carried three quarterbacks oh, yeah. for years under Shanahan. It's been completely unnecessary every time. And I was worried we were going to do it now when we had a lot of talent at other positions. We talked about running back, D-line, that we would have had to sacrifice just to carry Nate Sudfeld on the roster. So I know it's a small thing, but it's nice to see your team do the clearly right thing that it hasn't done in the past. I mean, yeah, I think this is the, this is the time it's been most unnecessary to carry three. Um, yeah. But it sounds like a small thing, but – that roster spot, if, if Nate Sedfield takes that, I mean, one of these guys that we love to see in the D line on a second or third team is gone just because yeah. we need to have a third quarterback when we don't need that unless injury. So, yeah, I think the other, the, oh, sorry, the other significant thing that's, that's stated by, sorry, that's stated by Sudfeld not making the team. And I've, I've mentioned this before, but it is confirmation that the team thinks Lance is ready to be the backup. And that is important. Like I said this before, Patrick Mahomes oh, yeah. was not his backup at the beginning. was not Alex Smith's backup at the beginning of that season. They had a different backup who was on the roster. So the 49ers are saying that Trey Lance as a rookie, as raw as he might be, and even though he's still adjusting to the NFL, is ready to go in and help the team compete if Jimmy goes down. And that, that's important. Yeah. Wide receivers, no surprise, starting to Debo and Ayuk. Um, Muhammad Sanu takes the third spot, which is exactly what we talked about. Yeah. Uh, Trent Shurfield, we're assuming, is fourth in line. I don't think uh, – if you look on the depth chart, it does say in that order. And then Jawan Jennings and Jalen Hurd do – Jalen Hurd did it. Yeah, they do take out the, the fifth and sixth spot. So uh, Webster did not make it, and he was picked up by another team. I can't remember who. Um, Travis Benjamin is injured. Craycraft, so I, I believe, is on. Did he make our practice squad or no? I yeah. believe so. Yeah, River Craycraft so. is on the practice squad. Yeah, which is good. I, I like seeing him. I like seeing him there. So, you know, for depth, we can keep him there. And Yeah, 49ers went – I've seen a lot of articles discussing this. They went big with their receiver. They want these big – got a lot of big, strong men out there playing receiver for us, and I think that – I think we're going to see some blocking from Jalen Hurd and Jawan Jennings, and we're going to see some weird runs. We're going to – our, our team is built to play bully ball a little, is a lot yeah. of the articles I've seen breaking it down. I was looking on the depth chart this morning, and I saw that Richie James is on the depth chart. He is there. He's on IR, but I think yeah. he is. I Which depth? I don't think they've updated the depth chart. for like They don't have to update it until like Thursday. So I think I mean, it's, Josh I, Norman's on it. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, on the, on the ESPN depth the chart. The ESPN one, okay. Yeah, it's, it's up there. So I think he is. Yeah. I just guess Richie's weight piece wasn't picked up by another team, so he's on our IR for now. But I don't, I don't see him. Is Richie James? I don't see him on the IR. I'm on the 49ers website. Regardless, I don't think Richie James yeah. plays a snap for the 49ers this year, no matter what. Me neither. I decided it was it was worth noting. Oh, his name is there, but I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I don't think that he's going to be a big, a big yeah. factor. So, 
let's uh, move down to our beloved running backs. Yeah. Mostert and Sermon were the two shoe-ins. And then the next two spots were a toss-up between Wayne Gallman, Jamichael Hasty, and Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. And Timmy and I talked a lot on our last podcast about who we thought that was going to be. We both decided that we think the odd man out was Wayne Gallman. I had a harder time agreeing, but still thought that that was the most likely option. Yeah. He just looked really good in preseason. Uh, he was a great uh, pass blocker. And so I thought that that might be something that gets him on the team. But Michael Hasty just looked too good in preseason. They liked him last year when he played a little bit. And yeah. Elijah Mitchell is has, has really shown up on special teams and is, is young and has a lot of potential as a running back for you know, the third and fourth spot. So I think they really liked him. And, and Wayne Gallman was the odd man out. Wayne Gallman yeah. has since been picked up by the Atlanta Falcons. And they released their, who I thought was second string backup. Is it Quadre Allison? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Quadre Ellison. Yeah, Ellison. brought in Wayne Gallman. So Wayne Gallman looks to be the number two guy behind Mike sure. Davis. If you're playing fantasy football, grab Wayne Gallman and grab Mike Davis. Mike Davis should be an auto pick for you in the sixth or seventh round for fantasy football, but that's unrelated to what we're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, our, our running back room is, is amazing. Mostert, Sermon, and then having Hasty and Mitchell's the three and four guys. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. And then Jeff Wilson is on the reserve PUP. That'll be at least six weeks, which is I think the minimum timeline for him to come back from his injury anyways. So yeah. And I think it'll take longer. I don't think they're rushing him back whatsoever. There'll be, there's no need. I mean, I like Jeff Wilson, but we, we've, yeah. we've talked about this. We've got an awesome running back room right now yeah. and an even better running scheme. <laughs> an amazing running back room that involves Kyle Juszczyk as fullback. Yeah. So obviously he made it. Tight ends, George Kittle, no surprise. Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner. Um, no Michael Pruitt. No Michael. He did not. He did not make it just as we had predicted. So we're pretty much yeah. – Solid all the way through. I'm going to give us credit. Yeah. And we um, talked about Jordan Matthews on the practice squad as well. Uh-huh. And then I would assume, I'm not back, sure. But... Oh, yeah. We, we nailed the running back. I'm not sure if we looked at the depth chart, but I'm assuming it's Kittle, Warner. Um, I can't remember. Oh, no. Kittle, Dwelly, Warner. Correct. Dwelly's yeah. been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, our O-line predictions were Brunskill, Moore, Mikovitz, Compton, uh, Kaifusi, uh, as that was like the bench along with uh, Trent Williamson. Why do I keep doing that? Trent Williams, Lake, Lake and Tomlinson, because they're right next to each other. So it says yeah. Trent Tomlinson. And I'm like, oh, God. Uh, um, Alex Mack, Aaron Banks, and Mike McGlinchey on ESPN's depth chart. Granted, this isn't the Niners, so it, it could be incorrect, but it does have Aaron Banks as their starting right guard. Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see next Sunday, the starting lineup, if, because it has Brunskill as the backup center. Um, yeah. But that's just for sake of depth chart, I think. I, I would not be surprised, like we talked, if Brunskill slides in as right guard for the week one start. Yeah, I will be surprised if Aaron Banks starts week one. He just, he has not shown it in, um, he has not shown it in training camp or the preseason yet. Do you think there's any chance that Jalen Moore starts in right guard over him? I 
if I were to pick one to start, Jalen Moore is at a better training camp and a better preseason. He's but I think Jalen Moore is going to be that chart. swing tackle. Yeah. Jalen Moore if, is behind him on the depth chart. And then Tom Compton is the third string right guard. But Compton has more of the experience. So I think it is Brunskill who starts at right guard for the game. But on the depth yeah. chart, it is making me a little not skeptical. I'm just I'm curious to see who it is because it has these guys behind banks and right guard. Yeah. And it and we, also has Jalen Moore as a third string left tackle. So you're right. He is that, that swing tackle guy. And we missed a couple guys, I believe, on the O-line, right? I think we had Colton McKivitz making it. Colton McKivitz is now, I believe, on our practice squad. Let me check that. Yep, Colton it's McKivitz hard. is on the practice yeah. squad. And then Tom Compton, we thought was gone. He made the team. And uh, Jake Brendel, I think we also thought was not making it. He's also on the roster. Yeah, I was surprised about Jake Brendel. I was wrong about Corbin Kaupusi uh, just because they brought him back after – I don't know if they released him, but they brought him back. And so, you know, if they're going to do that, I figured they were going to keep him. But but he's gone, right? But they, yeah. So the rest was good. Oh, he's on the practice squad, actually. Kawafusi. He's on okay. the practice squad. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'd be surprised if they brought him back and didn't and didn't keep him around at any part. But And then Senio Calamenti is on the practice squad as well for O-line. Okay. Sounds like a pretty good depth O-line to me. I'm excited about that. Which is good because we've – I feel like in the Kyle Shanahan 49ers, we have never not had some serious O-line injuries to battle through. Yeah, for real. Speaking of depth on the line, that takes us to the defensive line, which uh, I think we pretty much nailed almost spot on. Um, yeah, we did. Which, which was hard. That was, that was maybe one of the hardest spots because there's so many – guys that we kept so just more names more options to get it wrong but you know we expect our our starting i'm gonna go with the starting we're gonna say starting five front four because yeah. we talked about last week eric armstead javon kinlaw and especially nick bosa are gonna be the guys i think we see the most but d ford has played a lot of uh left defensive end yeah but uh we, that's where eric armstead's position usually is but we talked about him him sliding in to be defensive tackle, yeah, I think, probably taking a spot for DJ Jones. So that's why I say those are like our starting five guys. I think Armstead has pretty much said in the past that his his preference is to play on the inside of the line. So I ideally our our line is Bosa and Ford, Ford on the ends, and probably Kinlaw and Armstead. Yeah, and I would love to see it. I assume. I assume DJ Jones is the next guy in, at least on the, the inside. Um, so after those guys, Contavious Street, Kevin Givens, Maurice Hertz, uh, who will be starting the season on the IR. Yeah. Um, Samson, Abuka, Arding, Arding Key, and Zach Kerr, I think all made it. Yeah. Um, and then Willis uh, Jordan Willis suspended. suspended. So he might, who knows? Yeah, I think it depends. Would, if there's been an injury by the time his suspension ends, then we probably see him on the active roster. Yeah. Linebackers was pretty easy, honestly. Um, but did Fred Warner Fred, make it? He sure did. Fred Warner, Dre Green, Greenlaw, Greenlaw, Aziz Alshair are the top three, and then Marcel Harris and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles are the two. The two guys. Marcel Harris made it, huh? Oh no, Marcel Harris did not make it. Uh, I think he's at least on the practice squad now. 
Nice. Well, I, I pushed, I think I pushed hard for Harris to be, no, Marcel Harris on the roster. I was right. I yeah. called that one. He did. We're going to see he him. I'm the telling you, I doubted, gonna... but also saw some, some yeah. reason. When we keep... play mobile quarterbacks, I guarantee you he's out there a lot. Okay. I don't guarantee you, but I suspect that he will be out there a lot <laughs> when we play like a good running quarterback. So the cornerbacks, this is where it gets a little tricky because the cornerbacks we predicted correctly where it's Verrett Mosley, Kawan Williams, Ambry Thomas, Deamador Lenore, and Dante Johnson made it. But I was trying to figure out what the roster move action was when they signed Josh Norman. Yeah, I think Dante Johnson might have been moved. I thought he was being moved to like to injured reserve or something. But I don't see him there. That's what but, it's the article I read made it sound like, but it said if that needs to happen. And I'm thinking something needs to happen because they signed them, but I could not see a true yeah. report of what the following move was to signing Josh Norman. I don't think they've announced it yet. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But I can tell you that the assumption is that it's going to be Dante Johnson. That is, is that it's Dante Johnson's spot that Norman is taking. Yeah, I think he was, he was going to be the guy I said, if, uh, they take five Dante Johnson's odd one out. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Safeties, Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, who is healthy. Those are real starters. And then Tavon Wilson and Hufunga. Talanoa Hufunga. Talanoa Hufunga. I predicted they kept Haha Clinton Dix for some veteran depth. They did not. Probably why they brought in Josh Norman because they still wanted some veteran depth and it just wasn't from Haha. Yeah. And then uh, Tarverius Moore is on the IR. And he will be or, all year. I think he's on the pop. Or his Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's he tore Achilles That's right. That's dead. right. He's sort of practice, too. He's not getting this. He's not getting on the field this year. And then our good friend, Robbie Gold, Wisnowski, and Pepper are all our special teams guys. Special teams guys made it. It's, there were not any special teams battles at camp. No. Wisnowski is no. a good punter. We should talk about him more. <laughs> yeah we'll give him some credit yeah um yeah i mean we we really had it had it pretty good i'm impressed um we spent a lot of time watching the preseason and, and talking about position battles so um i'm not too surprised that we we did okay yeah daniel i uh i went on the internet yesterday and i tried okay. to find if i could bet talanoa hufanga for defensive rookie of the year and there were no odds for him so i couldn't do it I was thinking about it, but I don't think like a non like I think an edge rusher has won it for like twenty straight years or something like that. Usually, man, because they get to make the most noise statistically. I've got a dollar on um on Bosa to win um defensive player of the year. Love it, listeners. I sent Timmy a picture of me and my brand new Talanoho Funga shirt. Yeah, the other day. Um, I'm excited to wear that under my jersey week one. Um, I'm watching the internet like a hawk waiting for my Hufunga jersey to come out so I can buy that in a second. I, I bet you he gets that. out there a lot this weekend. I'm excited. You know what? I hope that the Niners just blow up Detroit in the first uh, half and then we can send in second team so we can keep stars healthy, get second team some reps in the game. Get Trey some snaps. Yeah. I would love to see second team come yeah. in there and still do great. So. All right, love, yeah, you want to preview want to preview this week one game? Let's preview this week one game. Let me set the stage with some injuries. There is really not a lot for either team, but there is one big question. As we said, Maurice Hurst, injured reserve. Um, 
Devonta Harris, another cornerback for us that I think we brought on after the 53-minute roster was released, is on IR. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurd was limited at practice on Wednesday and wasn't there for Thursday's What a shock. Session. Yeah, what a shock. Um, again, I mean, if he's not healthy to play, I don't agree with the decision to keep him. If he's not healthy, they love him. I get it. Yeah. But just eating up a spot. Uh, he's going to be out so we'll there. We'll see. It's his knee yet again. Um, oh gosh, poor guy. We know that Brandon Ayuk has been battling a hamstring injury for a couple of weeks, but I really think he should be good to go. The report says he's on track for week one. Yeah. And Trey Lance's finger. That's about it for the Niners. Finger chip. You know, finger chip. We 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 think that the, the two notable things are Ayuk and uh, Ayuk's hamstring and, and Lance's finger. And we've seen reports that both should be good to go. So we're looking good there. Um lead receiver for the Detroit Lions, Tyrell Williams, was battling a groin injury at the very end of August. Um, but he is the clear number one target in Detroit for the receiving room, and he looks to be good to go, ready for action on Sunday. Does that mean that much, though, Tyrell Williams? I feel like Tyrell Williams being your number one target is not, not great. No, I think he is potentially the worst number one target in all of football in terms yeah. of just receivers. So let's, TJ Hawkinson's obviously the number one target yeah. for all of it. So let's let's preview the Lions real quick. We probably talked about this when we did schedule predictions, but the Lions are probably the worst team in football. Just to put that out there, listeners, if you're not following. Um, I personally think the Texans are the last, but I think the Lions are right there. Yeah, it's it's between those two, and it's going to be a fun fun battle to watch there. The Lions shipped out quarterback Matthew Stafford, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, to the Rams, brought in Jared Goff. Uh, Not Jared Goff's not that good. He was, I don't think he's going to be very good in Detroit. People weren't even sure he'd start, but he's starting. Um, other big moves, they drafted uh, Tanai Sewell, who was supposed to be a really good defensive tackle or offensive tackle. He has not been that great so far, but hopefully puts it together. They have a new head coach, Dan Campbell, who has become a bit of a meme because he said in his introductory press conference that he wanted his guys to bite kneecaps. But I was talking to Daniel about this a little. He has kind of slowly won the media over throughout the summer. I read an article on The Ringer by Kevin Clark last week, just where he uh, described Dan Campbell as a muscular Ted Lasso. And it sounds like his, at least his assistant coaches, love the guy. It sounds like his players really like him too. So Campbell, I, it's shifted from like Campbell's going to be a terrible coach to like Campbell might be the coach to turn the Lions around and it might be like really unconventional and interesting regardless you're not turning around the Detroit Lions this season like if the 49ers lose to the Lions it's a really really bad omen for the 49ers but I I expect them to come out and and win win quite easily um running their running back situation is weird they have DeAndre Swift who's good but I'm not sure he's healthy Jamal Williams is also pretty good he's gonna get out there um yeah, it's it's nothing to worry about. I can't name you a single player on their defense. It should be a pretty this is not going to be one of the 49ers more challenging games. So if if we don't win this one, you should be worried. But we should win. Yeah, you absolutely should be worried. Um come on, you can name Jeff Okuda third overall pick two two drops ago. Yeah. There, you're right. There, I mean, I pride myself on knowing almost every team's starting uh, 
Well, they're starting seven. I can't tell you every offensive lineman on every team, but I can tell you the receivers, tight end, running back, quarterback, and we'll go again, seven on the defense. And uh, there's a lot of guys in their defense that I don't know. Um, yeah. They do have they, some. Their yeah. linebackers are pretty decent. Um, they're in year they, one of a rebuild. There. It takes a long, takes a couple years to do a rebuild in the NFL. Because they're finally committing to the rebuild now. Yeah. Yeah, so the last thing on the, the injury report that is the most notable for Sunday is DeAndre Swift has not been cleared as a full go. Yeah. We're, DeAndre we're Swift see, uh, running back for the Lions. Yeah, this will be his second year. Um, had a, He finished the year pretty strongly. Um, I want to say that it was week – yeah, it was week 14 that he, he finally kind of – took off we'll say didn't really get a whole lot he had some good weeks before that um, he's a good player he is involved in the passing game a little bit and a few receptions each each week so i think he's going to step it up this year but um trying to find yeah he's been dealing with a groin injury for a few weeks but and questions still remain on whether he will be effective contributor week one so if he's playing will he still be able to play enough to contribute truly um Campbell said, uh, look, I'll state the obvious here. He's got ability. There's things that we feel we can do with him offensively that can really benefit us. Obviously, offensively, he is a running back. Um, but we don't know if he's going to be there. Until we can get him out to practice on a consistent basis, we won't know that. Um, Campbell said several times um, something how just Swift has struggled with the, this – for the second training camp in a row because last year he did not have a strong training camp. So there are questions around him starting week one. Um, I think the Niners are a shoe in to win no matter if Swift is healthy yeah. or not. Jamal Williams, um, new formerly of the Packers. String, yeah, second string running back for them. Pick him up in fantasy. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not a bad pick. Um, even, even if Swift plays, he's not a bad pick. So. Not at all. I don't think Jamal Williams is anything the Niners cannot handle. Um, I actually expect him to not get a whole lot going on on the ground at all with the Niners defense. So I expect the Lions to have their hands full. I'm going to go with, for a a score prediction, we can break down the Niners offense after this, but I'm going to go 38-13 as a final score. 38-13. I like it. I'm good with that. I think it's, I think it's a blowout. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think we cruise. I remember as like um I remember two years ago, the twenty nineteen season, it wasn't until I saw the 49ers just cruise over a bad team that I was like, Oh, like we've got something. Like good teams beat bad teams easy. And that's a good thing to look for for if you want if your team is making a Super Bowl run, it should beat a team like the Lions with minimal effort. And so I think yeah. that'll be, that's what we're looking for. If this game is, that's not to say that if the line, like it's week one, maybe the lions are good this season. Like we could be totally wrong. Nobody really knows until the teams are out there. So if we, if it's a close win or a close loss, like it's not, don't, don't panic. Don't, don't hop in the lifeboats of the 2021 season just yet. But if we cruise to a victory, that's going to make me feel real good going into the season. Absolutely. And um, yeah. And I mean, We've seen the Niners in the past, you know, we've, we've played poor teams that we should have absolutely crushed. And, you know, we play a poor team. We play like a poor team. Um, yeah. We don't do too well against, you know, and you, you see that and think back to your, your baseball team growing up where you're playing a team that kind of stinks, but yet you guys stink because you're the competition isn't there. 
Um, we even yeah. see that in professional sports. So my UCLA Bruins have my entire life as a UCLA fan until this season played down to the competition. The Pittsburgh Steelers, well known for playing down to the to the competition. Also, teams. Uh, go Bruins! We beat LSU. We're winning the Natty. Um, yeah, sorry, I had to get that on on tape. <laughs> um, so who is getting the touchdowns for the Niners? I'm saying 38 to, th- to 13. So I'm going to go with five touchdowns, for the Niners in one field goal. I think they're going to get a good amount of touchdowns. I don't see their defense being able to hold them with a line. I actually yeah. see a lot of longer touchdowns to our receivers. Um, I don't think their they're secondary is something too crazy. And Jeff uh, Okuda is, is pretty great. I'll give him that. But I think even last year, he wasn't exactly what they had hoped he would be. So. All right, let's. We're saying five touchdowns, and we got to assign them. Mm-hmm. Can I give the first one to Mostert? I think Mostert has one. You think he, he starts off the game with a big run? I don't know, but I I want to give one to Mostert and one to Sermon. I hear I hear Mostert does that, especially yeah. at the Jet Stadium. Yeah. Okay, one to Mostert, one to Sermon. Exactly. Are you good with that? Or I'll yeah, do my five. Do you want me to do my five and you do your five? Yeah. All right, I'm giving one. To, I'm going to write it down so we can we can check next week. One to Mostert, one to Sermon. Uh, let's do one to Kittle, one to Ayuk, and one to Jalen Hurd. But I'm, I'm going to sprinkle in one one little thing. I think the one to Ayuk is thrown by Trey Lance. Okay. I'm giving one passing touchdown to Trey Lance for one of those, and the other two are Jimmy. I like that you got specific with it and said who's throwing it. Yeah. I thought about giving Lance low. a rushing touchdown. Oh, sorry. Take your take your five. Take your five. I know. I was tempted to give a, a rushing touchdown, but I don't want to encourage Jimmy to dive headfirst into the end zone. <laughs> I'm going to go Mostert. I was going to try to do it in order, but I feel like that's a little crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go Kittle. I'm going to go Ayuk as well. I really think that those two guys are going to get touchdowns. In the first week, uh, those are probably going to be our two biggest targets, but don't sleep on Debo either. I've got to agree with Sermon. I think he'll get some goal line work there. I think we'll get there and give him an opportunity, give him a look. Um, is it too crazy to predict a pick six? No, do it. Who's I'm getting the pick six? Oh. Talanoa Hufanga. That's all I want to say is Hufanga. I just want Hufanga to do it. Um, I would love for him to do it, but we'll go with – probably something potentially a little more realistic and we'll do a manual Mosley. Nice. I think I like a cornerback will most likely get it. So, yeah, I think my rushing touchdowns, I think most I think you're right. I think he breaks like a 50 yard run. And then I think sermon does it like with like a goal line carry. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do think like the, the, the lions do have some, some decent linebackers Um, listeners um, the weak side linebackers, Romeo Aquara. And he was a rookie last year, I want to say. And he, he popped off at the end of the year. Um, and they're thinking he's going to be pretty dang good. I don't know if this is his brother, Julian Aquara, but he's actually the second string guy right behind him. Same last name, same position. So I'm going to take a guess. We'll have to look that up and talk about that next week if they are, truly are brothers. Um, Alex Anzalone, maybe that's how you say it. Anzalone is a linebacker from the Saints long luscious blonde hair that they signed this off season. Um, and he, I mean, he was one of the saints top linebackers. He was one of the linebackers in a top 
defense for the Saints this last couple of years. Yeah. Jimmy Collins, senior running back, running back. What am I doing? Linebacker, uh, formerly for the Patriots, and he was there uh, when they were in the the peak of their defense in the last few years, as well as Trey Flowers. And Trey Flowers um, has has been pretty dang good. I want to say, yeah, hit a lot of sacks two years ago, I believe. So linebackers is is really the only defensive defensive position of note for me. Um, but I don't think that they have a whole lot to do with Raheem Mostert. I think that he's able to get outside quick enough. And I mean, a lot of his rushes are, that's what, that's what he's able to do best is get outside and, and streak down the sideline and even beat the linebackers to the sideline to get down there. So I think we'll see some of that. I think we will see a big run for him. Um, I assume I'm predicting the Niners dominate on defense, especially in the secondary I yeah. think that this is an awesome game for them to start off the season with. Oh, I think we see some crazy pass rush too. Oh yeah, Tyra Williams, as we said, they're leading back. Uh, Khalif Raymond was, I believe, the fourth string receiver for the Titans this last year. I want to say at that best, he's yeah. the second string guy. And then the, the Lions, Lions do not have any good players on offense, Lions, except DeAndre uh, Swift. Amon Ross St. Brown shapes out the third string wide receiver yeah. uh, spot. And so that is not a, that is potentially the easiest group of receivers for the Niners to cover and just shut down. Um, yeah. I see our secondary having a pretty easy time with that. Plus Jared um, Goff is not somebody who's going to be super mobile or anything. He's going to be, he's going to be sacked. How many times do you think he's getting sacked? I don't know, but I bet Bosa gets at least two. I'm going to go with five. Oh, I'm going to go five right. sacks. Bosa is absolutely going to get one. And then uh, how fun would it be if Bosa gets a sack and then in the next play or two, D Ford gets a sack and we're like, hey, these guys are healthy and back. Yeah, maybe maybe sprinkle in a Kinlaw sack too. It'd be fun. We didn't get to see too much of him in preseason, so I'm excited to see him, him back yeah. and ready to go for a, another full year. Yeah, it'll be fun. He, you know, let's, let's hope if he really is going to be the DeForest Buckner replacement, let's – Let's see it in year two. We've got some exciting stuff in wow. store for us next week. We've yeah. got the Niners getting five touchdowns. We've laid that out. We just, I just predicted five sacks. We weren't even talking about predicting all these things, but they're just Happened. coming out. We're throwing bets out. Just yeah. To add on to it, at least two interceptions and it's golf. So maybe, maybe three. Yeah. Golf is not, I, I'm curious to see what Jared Goff looks like away from Sean McVay. I think people have started to realize that most of Goff's career success was much more about his coach than about him. And now that he's not in that offensive scheme anymore, I can't imagine it looks as easy as it did in LA. And on the flip side of that, as much as I don't want the Rams to succeed because they're in the same division as us, obviously, I'm very curious to see how Matthew Stafford's career, um, his play, Upside wise, I assume he's going to be even better with Sean McVay. So I'm curious to see how that switch affects both of them. And um, I think Matthew Stafford's stock goes up and he's an even better quarterback than we've thought. And I think people have dogged on Matthew Stafford for a long time, but I think a lot of that is him being on the lines. Like he can air it out. He throws the ball a lot. He has just, other than having Calvin Johnson, he has not had guys who are, are great in the offense to throw the ball to. So yeah. So we'll see how this goes. Um, a parting yeah. question for you, Timmy. Okay. What are you most excited to see on Sunday? 
What are you most excited for? Gosh. Bosa. Nick Bosa. We haven't seen him in the preseason at all. That's, that's, that's what I'm most excited to watch. I'm excited to see how he looks. I mean, he's going to look good and ripped as ever. Yeah. Trent Williams say, said he's better this season than he was last season. So uh, that'd be awesome. Um, what about you? Obviously, I am most excited to see Kalano Hufunga get yeah. in the regular season game. But I think what else I'm truly most excited for, and this is what we talked about a few weeks ago, I'm excited for health. I'm excited for a healthy offense. We've got Mostert, Kittle, and Debo all back, who I don't yeah. think a single one of them played 10 games last year. Um, so I'm very excited. They're healthy. They're ready to go. Same thing with defensive line. As you said, Bosa, Ford, or back. Um, the Niners don't have any any big injuries or almost any injuries at all right now. We're dealing yeah. with a chipped bone finger. So I'm going to knock on some wood. And Yeah. I'm excited just, to see so excited. the trade package as well, but I agree. It's, it'll, I just want to see us at full strength again. Yeah, a lot of, lot of fun to see what a full healthy Niners can do. Um, you know, there are some serious haters and doubters against the Niners. Um, I just saw an article. I think it was just a beat reporter of another team, but they had, in terms of predictions for the winning the division, they had Niners last. Um, yeah. And I think that's just bias aside i think that's unrealistic when you look at the teams like sure this is the toughest division in football but no way are the cardinals finishing ahead of the niners yeah that and was mike clay i think right was it yeah that yeah that name sounds right so i just don't agree with that whatsoever oh, um, i wrong. think it is a very close race with the seahawks and the rams i'll give them credit i think they'll be right there i would not be surprised if there was a tie in the rankings with one of those three teams or if it was a one game spread between us three um, I think I think but, the Niners, the Rams, and the Seahawks all making the playoffs seems pretty realistic. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm just already feeling the energy from haters thinking the Cardinals are going to be ahead of us um, yeah. with that defense. They call it defense, so it'll be fun. I'm excited for Week One. I'm excited for us to get on here next week and get to rave about the fact that they scored more than five touchdowns and we predicted them too low because that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. We got Good 49er stuff. football this weekend, listeners. Um, do yourself a favor right after, right now, right now, pull up your phone, Google if Trey Lance threw the ball at practice today. It's going to provide some more context. And uh, make sure you're ready 10 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday to watch the 49ers beat the Lions. Let's Daniel, go. Thank you for hopping in. Any parting words to the listeners? You better lose your voice cheering. Yeah, That's see all you next. Say. You better lose your voice cheering. See you next Monday. Uh, hopefully we're excited. If not, it's going to be a sad podcast. But thanks for tuning in to <laughs> 49ers Unrestricted. <laughs>